So, I was confused. Is this... This can't be live right now, then, or this people would be turning off the radio. What is this? I, <laughs> I think it's pretty good radio. <laughs> like, um, three bozos trying to figure out Wi-Fi <laughs> for half an hour. Yeah, you said it, brother. Three bozos. <laughs> Welcome to the three bozos radio hour. Wi-Fi special. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, well, I shouldn't say that for live, but yeah. <laughs> Should we still be recording on our phones or yeah, just... Uh, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm still rolling here. I think all this is gold. I think we're going to want to keep all this in. I think you're probably right about that. <laughs> okay, well, it's been great talking to you guys. Love your work. Thank you so much. Wait, are you, are you wrapping it up? Wait, hold on. <laughs> okay. This is Markley Morrison, and today on the 72nd episode of Low Profile, Phil Elvrum of the Microphones and Mount Erie returns to the show with audio engineer Matt Fenton. They're discussing the first record by another artist that Phil produced for his label, P.W. Elvrum and Son, back in 2006. The band was called Peace, a rough-around-the-edges combo from Kamloops, British Columbia, and as people say, it was a different time, and the album, called On Earth, has not particularly aged well. Just in time for the 17th anniversary deluxe vinyl reissue, here is the story of recording the cult classic record, Peace On Earth. We decided to begin with Phil and how he discovered the band. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, discovered is like a loaded word, but with the... You know, has like implications of old style music industry impresarios. But yeah, more or less, they, I got a demo from them. And mm-hmm. I I used to get a lot of demos. Um, uh, and that one had this song, Hamburgers, that it was like pretty amazing. And it, yeah, it just like made me pay attention. And so um, I saw them. I was like in this weird kind of transitional or confused era with my label project, which mostly is just me putting out my own stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought, oh, maybe I could be a real label and put out other people's music. And this song, Hamburgers, was so weird and good. And I was like, who's this band? And so I saw them. They were actually called Squad Boys, but uh, the demo was like under Squad Boys, and it was three tracks. And... um, yeah, I, I, it was sort of like me experimenting in being a real label. So yeah, discovered is the appropriate word, I guess. It was the traditional method. Like, band sends a demo to a label. Label says, yes, you got the goods. And like, go into a studio to record an album. And uh, it ultimately ended up pretty bad. Um, but yeah, that's how it started. Oh, 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 oh,
they played at the Brown Lantern, which is the bar in Anacortes. And I lived there. I, I didn't go to the Brown Lantern. I, like, happened to be walking by. And this, like, uh, ruckus was happening in there. It was crazy. These five guys, two bass players. And it was just, like, this cacophony and, like, um, you know, it's a bar. Open mic at a bar. People sometimes get crazy. But this... I was still, like, walking by because I had a studio space nearby, like, the next block down commercial. Matt, what's your relationship to the group? Uh, well, not super close. I, I'm from South Bay, San Jose area, and I kind of followed a couple friends up to Wazoo and Pullman, and was taking some music stuff there, and then I ended up doing sound at this place called the crow's nest in spokane anyway long story short i end up following some other friends up to bellingham area and then we started going to anacortes for whatever reason and uh i was kind of hanging out at the time sort of trying to do sound there's this place department of safety and i end up meeting phil and i was still kind of getting my feet wet and he helped me with getting some used gear and I was working like one or two days at this place the business and then uh Phil and I uh, I can't even remember what we were working on Phil but we he was helping me kind of learn how to engineer records and we worked on one or two Mount Erie things maybe um uh who's that Carl one of the Carl things and uh is that right Phil that sounds right I I so wait, did you live at the Department of Safety, or were you commuting from Bellingham? I can't remember. Kind of both. It was, it, yeah, it was, it's funny, you say transitional time. I was kind of back and forth, and I would crash there a little bit, got to know some people. There's a guy, Kevin there, who's doing sound at shows. He helped me out, too. Anyway, yeah. long story short, but building up to the Squad Boy stuff, I just remember that you were really excited about the demo, and then we, we, you mentioned going to see them. I think we actually went up twice. I know I saw them twice because we went up to uh, Vancouver to see them play. And that's kind of like how, how I got connected, how I met them. Yeah, that was actually the second time I saw them because they did play it at the Brown Lantern in Anacortes just kind of randomly. I don't think they knew I was located there because mm. they, they sent their demo. I got their demo. And the demo I, was the demo was sick. That that's the thing. I, I know we'll get to this. I don't want to jump too far ahead in the story, but what's what's kind of yeah. I don't know what what always just kind of. I don't know if I was going to say it cracked me up, but it, I don't even know if it was funny at the time. But I think Phil, you can speak to this more too. But um, it was like the band. I almost felt like it was a prank, honestly. Like, the band that showed up in the studio, it was like... I mean, wouldn't you say it was, like, nothing like the shows we saw? It was certainly nothing like the frickin' demo, like... Yeah. I know. Well, and then also the album that we ended up making in Fort Lauderdale was so different than their live presence. I mean, a lot of that was because of the Florida musicians we used, but and how little of the, like, the Griggs brothers and how how little of their performing we ended up keeping on the session. I mean, but the demo, the, the, the demo I, I remember, we played it for some people who thought it was like, uh, 
like neutral milk hotel or all elf power so like, you know it kind of had that like um yeah uh, had, like, like magic to it like athens like noise rock and it just like yeah i just remember the show was super cool and then i honestly i didn't even know you were thinking of working with them until uh I don't know when that came into play, but I just remember it was just like seeing the show was it was it was a kick ass show. I stopped in and I saw them and it was they were playing a version of hamburgers and I was like what the hell is this that tape I have that I I was listening to but we didn't actually connect that night so I did see them but um I, Matt I think that was before you started being an anacortis that, that would yeah, have been like I had, early I had no, or mid 06 yeah I had no idea about that show I, I just remember uh, initially going to the Vancouver thing, I think I was interested because there was some, I don't know if it was, uh, what was it called? Superconductor or Zumpanos, one of those like AC Newman, uh, new pornographer bands was playing and, uh, uh and Squad Boy or Squad Boys was on the bill. I don't really even remember where that show was. Yeah. But yeah. Well, some, some, I, like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Markley has more questions. We we could talk about Sorry. the we could talk about the we could talk about the good old days for a whole other podcast. But anyway, in 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 answer to your original point, that's that's how I got involved with Phil and the band. Phil, you're you produced, right? Well, yeah. So that's jumping ahead a little bit. That like okay. That's well, jumping ahead to we traveled to Florida to record their album and. Matt came with me to sort of help out because he was like audio friend. I don't know what uh, title. Uh, I got I the impression to... too, Phil. I got the impression too at the eleventh hour. You were kind of like, "Do I want to like a? Why am I doing this in Florida? B. I need someone. We weren't even great friends. We probably knew each other, you know, fifteen months at that point. But I, I got the impression. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I got the impression you're kind of like. I need someone on my team to be there with this this Canadian band, basically. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, obviously, I was there to plug in cables, and I like in direct answer to your question, Markley, it was basically like engineering the album. But I think on a social level and maybe even an emotional level, I got the impression from you, Phil, it was like, okay, what did I just get myself into? Am I really doing this? I can't just be solo in the studio with these guys I don't even really know. It was a weird time for me. I, yeah. Like, I kind of lost sense of <laughs> what, who, like, who I am, what my project is. I was like, oh, maybe I could be a record label. Ooh, maybe I should sign someone. Maybe we should go to a quote-unquote real studio. Like, all these moves that were drastically different than my usual way of doing things. I just thought it seemed like there something could be made of this. These guys that had this sort of, like... Um, socially conscious like really vibey new thing like i had never heard of this yeah, that's, music that's that's so true because like 
the only other song I really remember aside from Hamburgers is the only song that was actually from that version of the band that I think ended up we recorded in Florida, which was the uh, Calling All My People song, which I thought was fantastic. It had a positive message. Yeah, it was like a little bit of a Bob Marley. Uh, yeah, but but the thing is, when we saw them in Van, it was it was so different from the record version. I I can't stress that enough to people. It sounds like I'm just oh I got rosy glasses on because it was almost 20 years ago. But it's like they were such a cool band. I mean, it was like you said, the two bass players. It was like really driving and really just like. Yeah. Vocals, vocals had distortion. It was like psych rock, indie. It was just really like cool. Beach Boys thing too, with the three brothers, like the yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, uh, I didn't realize it was a family unit. That's that's pretty cool. And yeah, Danny, Keith, and Gus were the Griggs, n- not triplets. They were not, you know, they were different ages. And then I was unclear if Scoop was. Um, member of the family or like a cousin or uncle or something but and then this guy bk broiler or michael um was a friend of theirs a vancouver or kamloops guy i guess they're from kamloops originally so kamloops, yeah we saw British the, columbia yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah anyway i think something might have that like to explain that Difference that transformation between what we saw in Vancouver and uh, and on the demo, and then to what ended up on the like final CD. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, maybe something happened to them when they were like tra- traveling to Florida, because Matt, you and I flew yeah. and met them there. But those, I'm pretty sure they drove. I don't know if they drove all together or what, but like they, that's like a whole continent odyssey that they went on. So by the time we're in Fort Lauderdale the the vibe was different like all the positivity was sort of undermined by the can we swear on this we live uh, going out live okay uh all the effing like fudging kill you all fudging kill you um (laughs) right that that that, that, yeah counter counterintuitive to the uh a lot of the, me- but you know, I mean, they're d- definitely still. It's it seems very passionate. <laughs> it, it comes yeah. up a lot. It's a little bit unhinged. It's like a passion that starts off positive and then, like, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, I hate you. <laughs> that kind of like unhinged, flailing passion. That that's sort of the energy that we were working with in Fort Lauderdale. I just, Which, I just I just want yeah. to back up a sec because I'm I don't want to play the part of interviewer here where I'm I'm supposed to share the history myself but this was a thing I never actually knew Phil like what <laughs> I you know when you bought me the plane ticket I was like cool I'll go like you know I was what all of twenty three at the time or whatever but it's like why why Florida was that what the band wanted to do or was that part of you being like 
I don't, or did you have family down there? Like, why do we, why didn't we just do it like in Anacortes or even Vancouver? Or, or if you want to change the scenery, why not like Portland or San Fran? You know, go back to my stomping yeah. grounds. I was always curious oh. about that. <laughs> All good points, Matt. Uh, <laughs> can I? Can I? Twenty twenty. I mean, I, I would speculate that um, the sunshine in Florida was a big part of the sound of that record. Oh, yeah, a, good point. Yeah, that's interesting. you can kind of hear it. I mean, definitely, Squad Boys wanted that. They they uh, and they had they the money. Not, they could have. I mean, you guys are probably still like sitting pretty from the paycheck from that. They. They had that <laughs> piece. Far from it, Mark Lee. No, no, it was the money part of this. Uh, I don't want to like get too too revealing about it, but it was bad. It, I lost a lot. But they had that was, Count Chocula uh, money. Oh, uh, that was a different thing. I, that, plus, yeah, that was sort of an unrelated, non what's the word like non non compensated situation. Oh, but okay. To, to back up just a sec, I th- I'm pretty sure, sh- like, the choice of Florida was, it's all kind of wrapped up in my del- self-delusion of, like, oh, maybe I could be a real label. And this band was like, we have a studio we've chosen in Florida, and... Okay, um, so that came from got, them. The, the, they, that came they from knew them. The stu- okay, they knew the studio, yeah. And they were, yeah, they were driving out, and I was, I set up some shows for myself, I think during the sessions, or, like, immediately before or oh, after. Oh, that's right, that's right. I, and I did, um, I think it was Wayward Council in Gainesville, and can't remember the name of that place in Panama City. But I, I did a couple of Florida shows. Um, Jeff lodged in, and yeah. Anyway, the the all the pumpers that put on the shows back then. I for me, that's sort of how I made it make sense for myself was setting up a, a little mini tour around it. And sort of doing my own thing. No, I remember. I remember sessions. that. I remember that. I think part of it too was they did something in Ocala called like. Again, this is twenty years, but it, do you remember that or something like Orange Juice Jam or, or Sun Sun Jam? They do you remember this? Like they were they were. I remember it because they actually didn't come the first day in the studio because remember that's when we recorded one of my songs because remember i was doing the radar syndicate project at the time so do you remember this phil oh yeah i think i I, so i think that was part of it that they they had leveraged booking some sort of i can't believe it was anything big but they had some sort of festival in ocala florida i think like sun they did sun fest or beach bums or it was something no, I think you were right. With it was like an orange juice. I think it was like a sponsored Tropicana something something. I actually don't think they got paid, or I think they had to pay to play it. It's Any, it was anyway, like a, but, but you're right. I think oh, wow. there were there were there were like a couple a couple things that came together that made the Florida thing what it was. Right. Yeah, and we did that session, the sort of warm up the studio, Radar Syndicate, uh, yeah. d- day one. Um, and then they showed up, or three of them showed up um, for that second day of recording. I'm so glad that we got the, the percussionists and that bass player, the session bass player, because um, I don't know, it work would have gone so slowly, and it was not cheap to be in that studio. And they were living, I think, in their van that they drove across the country in. 
But yeah, you and I flew in, so we had hotel rooms and we're living like civilized uh, adults. But they yeah, a, yep. they had a pretty big following, though, right? Like, kind of. It like seemed like they Grateful were going Dead to ish vibe. Ish. Like, that's. That's I well, I want to go. That, I want to go that far. I remember the shows in Van were pretty, you know, pretty popping. But it, yeah, I, I although who knows the scope of it. But yeah, they. I don't know if I'd go as far as the Dead. That's 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 big leagues. Well, I yeah, mean, they yeah. they carried themselves as if they had. They did a lot of they followers. Did. They, yeah. I mean, naming your band Squad Boys sort of implies a squad, but um, they they didn't really have the, the actual fans. Uh, that's maybe part of why I was like, ooh, maybe something could be made of this, because they had this sort of... Uh, the, the carrying... They carried themselves with this sort of, like, um, intensity, and, um, yeah, almost like a... It's loaded to say, but like a Bob Marley, like, uh, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> I'm going to start a new religion. Yeah. Um, heaviness. So, yeah. In hindsight, it looks a lot different. It's uh, it almost seems like borderline humorous in hindsight, but at the time, it just felt like wow. When I first saw them, they kind of had this like Incubus, uh, Lincoln Park, kind of Twenty One Pilots, classic Biscuit, rock. of course. Yeah, yeah, like classic rock, like the, the original like Cottonmouth Kings, Deftones, kind of Papa Roach stuff. Yeah, like well, that's that's what they tried to do in the studio. I, I can't stress this enough, but when we saw them, it was more like this. I don't know if, if your listeners know like Olivia Tremor Control. I'm dating myself here, but Sunshine Fix, like that kind of. There is sure. this label, Elephant Seven, out of Athens, Georgia, that was just doing it back then. But they upgraded. And, and, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And, well, they they had that. They had that sort of culty um, Athens sort of B52s vibe mm-hmm. a little bit. But with like a Cypress Hill twist, you know, a little bit of a like aggressive. Uh, I'm going to open your mind whether you want me to or not. Kind of. Well, Markley, it's interesting you mention um, like Crazy Town because I think my journey with this band, you know, is kind of I would say wrong place at the right time if you get me. But uh-huh. I, I think my emotional journey was like seeing them in Van. I loved it. You know, it had this kind of like folk implosion. It was so cool. And then after the first day, which was the second day in Florida, 
I remember Phil and I, we were staying at, I think, a Wyndham, and we were sharing a room, and I just remember that after that first day, I don't know if you remember this, Phil, but I just remember being like, what the hell? Like, you know, it just like, it was a different band. I almost thought it was like we were getting punked or something, and then I think my last rung on the journey was sort of this acceptance of like, Phil flew me down here to engineer this, and that's, you know, getting back to Mark Lee, your comment about Crazy Town, I was like, okay, these new songs, they do not sound like this band that reminded me of, like, you know, early R. Dinosaur yeah. Jr. or something. Yeah, th- th- this sounds more like stuff I would never listen to, like Buck Cherry or Good Charlotte or, you know, it just sounded like radio, you know, pop rap crap. Excuse my language, but... Oh, my God. My, I, I can but bleep I, that out. It's okay. But I was just like, I Phil brought me down here. He bought a ticket. I have a job to do. So like, if if I can see a silver lining for any of this, at least the songs are catchy. You know, like let's try to make them so you could hear them on the radio next to your bare naked ladies, next except to your for, next to your Eiffel sixty fives. You know, they. Except for the swearing. I mean, the, yeah, well, that let's was get terrible. it on the, Yeah, that was terrible. <clears throat> they were, like, pursuing the parental advisory sticker. Uh-huh. It was almost like they were trying to sabotage my hopes for them and trying to, like, dra- drain drain the label It was finances. so immature. It was so immature. It was so offensive. I mean, frankly, there's, you know, there's misogynistic stuff on there. It just, it's just, a lot of it rubbed me the wrong way, honestly. It just, and, and, and you take a great, uh, I'll put, I'm doing air quotes if, you're, if your listeners could see me now, um, but they took a great song, or at least a catchy hook for like a song like uh, Everything's Looking Good in the Summertime, if your listeners are familiar with that track. I think it's, I don't, was it the first one. track on the album, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, that yes, yeah, track one. But but you take a song like that, and then they're cussing on it, and just I just didn't <clears throat> I didn't get what they were going for, and it and it frankly, excuse my language, it pissed me off. You can bleep that, right? Hey, this is Markley. Low profile is made possible first and foremost by you and listeners like you who support this show via patreoncom slash profile for about the cost of a cup of coffee a month. You'll get extra things like uh, unedited interviews, little things sent out in the mail here and there, advanced releases of episodes, and surprises. So if you'd like to help support the show, that, again, is patreon.com slash lowprofile. Also, thanks to in-kind support from these local Olympia businesses, Schwartz's Deli, Old School Pizzeria, Rainy Day Records, San Francisco Street Bakery, and Schurler Easy Premium Shitty American Lager from the Three Magnets Brewing Company. If you're a fan of Phil Elverm and his music, and you haven't heard it yet, after this, check out episode 28 with the microphones. Everything is looking good
Vegan food too You fuck with my summer And I'll fucking kill you We go on, diggy, on, diggy, on, diggy, on, diggy, diggy, on, on, diggy, on I'll fucking kill you Everything is looking good In the summertime Everything is looking good In the summer Everything is looking good In the summer Everything What was their demeanor like in the studio? Did you ever fear for your life, or were they just having a good time? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to gauge. Like, it, to me, it didn't feel like dangerous in that way. It felt more dangerous in like a existential way, mm. in like a financial like. Probably felt like, dangerous to your bank account, Phil. Yeah, exactly. I could just like see them in the studio, the hours ticking by, like the. The flailing, the, the creative flailing of trying out things. You remember that whole harpsichord uh, like episode with well, them like <laughs> renting a harpsichord from like having it trucked up from Miami. I mean, at least and, that it, Phil, at least that was musical. I mean, I, my my impression is Lake Havasu, Spring Break. I mean, you know, forget about it. I yeah. it was it was hacky sacks. It was devil sticks. It was Pepsi. Yeah. It was just like you know they were in shorts. It, it was it it was a party for them. I think these are young kids who hell they were even younger than me at the time. I think you for, think they were? For, Do you know that they were the youngest one was thirty five when we were recording? <laughs> no, that's they BS. Seemed, that's no, no, I'm B- serious. That's BS. Don't don't prank me on air, Phil. That's I'm BS. serious, Matt. You, I think some people like you just like carry themselves with a maturity, and some well, people don't. Th- these guys were lost in life. Well, I, I can I, see now. I plead the fifth on that, but point being, at least when they were you know, as as hard as it was to get good takes out of these jokers, like it, at least it was musical. I'm talking about the first three days it was Devil Sticks, it was you know, BMX, it was just these were guys, first trip to America, I don't care if you're 23 or 123, these guys were just, they were loving it and they yeah. were goofing off and I could just see you were thinking there goes another 500 there goes well, another 500 there goes another 500 point, the intro to um, Wash Away the Pain uh, Biggie Biggie yeah. the, the Paul Simon Graceland intro the you know that whole thing that little snippet cost so much money to get that church choir to do that was like actually from Africa that was so intense to fly them in to um put them up to feed them to like source ingredients that uh, the whole like uh Matt I'm so glad you were there because I couldn't have that episode alone. I couldn't have gone through that. Biggie Biggie wants to wash away the pain From the voices in my head I love you every day It's like my mother always said Tomorrow, yesterday The bird is in the sky I wanna feel the pain 
So I'm stabbing you in the eye. Biggie Biggie who is taking off a mask To complete the task Beneath the beauty of the trees And the beauty of the weed You wash away the pain From the voices in my head You wash away the pain From my life My dreams I mean, we could go through the album, every little uh, snippet in every track. It, it's it's a short album. It's what is it, seventeen minutes? Something like eight that. tracks. Yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, it barely came out because I just couldn't afford to properly release it. So fi- financially, um, it was a misstep. And yeah. I learned it was a, lear- a learning experience to put it mildly. Now, uh, I remember you telling me once that Scoop looked you <clears throat> right in the eye every time he said, "I'm gonna fucking kill you," in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, was he did? Which yeah, yeah, it didn't feel good. No, it uh, it felt real. It felt real. It's a lot of pressure. Was Scoop in the group when you saw them uh, originally, when they were doing the more kind of a psychedelic rock thing? He was. He was. I don't... But Matt, no do rap? you remember... Did, did they, they didn't which have one? the rap thing. That that was... BK? No, I can't... Yeah, I can't stress that enough. Like, I just... Yeah, no, no rap at the time when we first saw him. Well, I think BK Broiler was there. Was a long. He was like a roadie or something. When we saw them in Vancouver, I don't remember if I if he was at the Brown Lantern, but he, yeah, it was it was a different kind of music. He was just like you know a friend of theirs from Kamloops, and in Florida, he was like, I am. My name is no longer Michael De La Fontaine. My name is BK Broiler. I am a rapper, and I am the heart of this band. And it was just like he had taken over, kind of. Maybe that explains the sort of shift in ethos and tone. It just, yeah. it just, it felt like such a crazy prank, you know. I, I just, yeah, it was so weird. I, you know, I feel I know you have your feelings about it. I know we, you know, I, I can't believe anyone wants to even talk about this stuff. But it just like it's good music. I mean, yeah, I feel it like was, it holds up. Oh yeah, timeless. And they had they had such vision. Um, and for the listener, we did reach out to all the original members, and they are just. I, I'm. Were you able to get in touch with them? Any of them? Um, I, no. I, Gus wrote me back, and he said, "Sorry, we're too busy writing new material." And what? Oh my god! Like, I'm sure that's not in true. The game. I I don't know. I think, I think he was probably. Gus there. wrote you back. I I'm pretty sure. I mean, last I I, I heard that um, one of the Griggses, I can't remember which one, was at January sixth. Um, so uh, if 
And then, of course, being Canadian, they were big players in the trucker convoy thing. And so I'm pretty sure the Griggs boys are not working on new material. Unless it's sort of a... Maybe it's not music. Maybe it's something else. Oh, yeah, that could be. Like a sort of a alternative healing uh, pamphlets or something. Yeah, brochures. Could be. Yeah. No, last I saw, I saw like actually saw Gus Griggs in on the news, like in in video of the insurrection, like in the Capitol. So I was like, "That's him." I, I spent some time in Fort Lauderdale with that man, and that's him. He looked me right in the eyes, uh, and he told me he would kill me. So, yeah. It's, oh, man. I don't think that they're writing anyone back. In fact, that's that's messed up, man. That's yeah, that's weird. Well, people transform. You know, it was years have passed. I I feel like we could sort of look back at this stuff and see the the seeds of these shifts in there. So crazy to listen to a track like Hamburgers now, though, and just like the magic and idealism. You have a copy of end. Hamburgers? No, I just my memory of it. I uh, it was yeah, like I, a cassette. I tried. I tried. I tried to dig it up too. I couldn't find it. It's definitely yeah, not they, online. The people like to say like everything's on the internet, but it definitely isn't. I mean, I might have the tape somewhere in my boxes, but um, uh, I'll let you know if it ever. It was. Turns it was. Um, it was amazing. It was like I don't even know, like Sonic Youth mixed with Elliot Smith. It was just incredible music. But long. Too, it like had so many sections. I can't speak to any of the weird stuff, January six or whatever. But I just, I wish I could have recorded that band. You know what I mean, Phil? I wish I could have recorded Hamburgers. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, we tried. We tried. That. We. Yeah. What we have is sort of like a a shadow version, maybe. Uh Yeah. Post transformation. That's a good way to look at it. You know the. Yeah. It's like Smeagol and Gollum. Yeah. That's a. Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, right. Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, I heard that's supposed to be pretty good. Peter Jackson. Anyway. Inside baseball there. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which was your favorite bass player? Scoop was good. Scoop was good. Um, I think that Danny was mostly there for like bass solos he would sort of mostly just hold it live at least uh-huh. i mean on the album neither of them played yeah it was i was just gonna say that oh yeah you brought in I some mean, studio musicians yeah not not exactly lightweights either some you know i don't know how familiar you are familiar you are with florida like bass players scene but um, one of the one of the guys said he it was uh, did a tour with Chick Corea. Uh huh. One of the yeah the percussionists. I think it was the Timbales guy. Mm, yeah. I still have somewhere around here the rain stick from that session. No. Yeah, in my jam yeah, space. That that belongs in a museum. Yeah, I'm no. holding on to it for. Eventually. That's hilarious. That's yeah. hilarious. I mean, it was like. It was on a lot of the tracks. Actually, this is something that might be interesting to your listeners if, if we're still alive now. Is um, I don't know if we went over time, but um, 
I remember there were a couple of songs we tried to record. I think it would be generous to call them outtakes, but I remember there was one that sounded so much like um, uh, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. Do you remember that? That we were just like, we were not in the position to dissuade them from bringing actually good material, but I remember that song was just so much of a rip melodically that you kind of squashed it in the studio but maybe that I didn't want to get sued maybe that explains a little bit what they were trying to do now that I think about it maybe it wasn't that they were punking us maybe it was just like they want to move away from this heavy psych Mm -hmm. you know sound and do more of like a Paul Simon Peter Gabriel like world beat type thing that's that's kind of interesting to think about in hindsight World beat Paul Simon Peter Gabriel is sort of a generous way to put it. I, you could yeah, also no, say they, they white st- reggae. Yeah, they don't. They, I don't think they stand with those guys. And like I said, there was a bunch of crap they pulled that made me sort of uncomfortable. You know, I don't know whose ideas the Dashikis were, but that was you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was kind it of made, a different it, it time. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I feel like even at the time, it was. Uh, cringy and and cancelable and offensive um, yeah offensive yeah, I, I i don't stand by a lot of those i obviously with the political transformations that those guys have undergone you can it all kind of makes sense now but oof yeah there was some some uh appropriation happening yeah i see babu two zero three you know me i watch at night yeah Balls in my bags, on my side, big golf balls in the mall. Yeah, dance with the cell phone. I'm tall. Yo, I got Cajun spices on my shelf. Real laces in my hair, big bear. Round, round. Look at me, look at me. I'm touching. Get back, back and listen to my rapping. Take it to the max, you know. I got your back. I wanna see you naked. I wanna see you naked. Get back, back and listen to my rapping. Take it to the max, you know. I got your back. I wanna see you naked. I wanna see you naked. Well, um, I mean, I know that you guys are here to promote the deluxe vinyl reissue that's coming pretty soon here. Um, do you have anything you'd like to say about what, you know, the extras or the features? Because uh, people are really hungry for this one. It's in the works. Um, I am going to try and find that hamburger's tape and sort of there's a few photos that we have that we'll include like a zoomed in version of the photo. There's not much material to be honest, but we're going to try and sort of pad it, if you will, with, um, we're getting, um, some essays, some like critical, critical essays written. We've got, um, what's his name? The, uh, astronomer. Um, he's going to oh, write, yeah. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, that's right. Neil's going to write a, like a, sort of retrospective about what their music meant to him and how it sort of factors in to his whole sort of worldview. Yeah, he's and, uh, he's probably one of their most outspoken fans. Weirdly, yeah. yeah. I, that's a whole other episode. But So he's been generous to sort of 
chip in with his participation in this coffee table book that comes with the vinyl. And we, not much more audio. I do have the stems still from those sessions. And you can hear a lot of the background chatter. And you can sort of put, piece together some of the violence that was in the air in the yeah. studio then. And that's interesting to hear. So I might be releasing that. And just the sheer musicianship of those unnamed Florida musicians that actually don't even have their names. I could dig out in my like invoicing systems to find who I build or who, who build me. But yeah. Um, yeah. The best part of the session, as far as I'm concerned, was just when those guys would jam, you know, when the, yeah, bef- before when, the squad boys were even present. Yeah. Or when they <laughs> uh-huh. were doing, you know, hacky sacks or devil sticks or soda or whatever they were, you know, those guys were just like kids in a candy shop, but watching, watching the pros play. Now that, that was a session I like to be a part of. Cool to see. Yeah. Cool to yeah, see. Very, that very was our cool band. to see. And this is the first time hearing of the reissue. I feel I wish you luck, but I if you need someone to remaster it, I could use the work. So I'll tell you that right now on the air live. Okay, that sounds good. It's, yeah, I'll keep you posted as if I dig up any of these tapes or any more materials. A lot that would of them awesome. are old enough that the actual magnetic tape is probably breaking down. So I don't know if you have experience with we bake doing em. that kind of yeah, repair. You, you bake them. Okay, you gotta bake them. Yeah. Okay. And- and yeah, we're going to give away five copies of the reissue to the five best essays about the band Peace. Or Squad Boys, if you want to go even further back. And uh, yeah. There's it, a lot to say. There's a is, lot to say. That is crazy to think that in this reality, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but that there's people who were at the Brown Lantern. There were people who were at Van. There's a yeah. good chance that, uh, you know indie rockers now in 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 vancouver were back then seeing uh squad boys that just blows you know it's not just me and you phil that's that's kind of oh, yeah. cool. it's kind of cool and it's kind of weird too yeah and like, how- like like for all we know nico case could have seen a squad Boys show maybe one we didn't even see you know like th- that's you know just, who that, know- that just blows my mind that they could have seen it whether or not they liked it and they and who knows if they did but it's just it's so weird i actually know for a fact that um Nelly Furtado was at the vancouver show <laughs> no Never? no fly like a bird oh, yeah that makes yeah. sense that's a killer song. I love. Oh, I wish I had been on that session. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, That's amazing. She was there. Well, I know. Yeah. Anyway. That's amazing. Long, long complicated story there, but um, so yeah, people saw them. They were uh, they made an impact in the Lower Mainland, and somewhat in the Anacortes. I mean, just that Brown Lantern show, but and we did some shows together. Uh, we didn't really get into that, but they did. Um, I played a couple of shows with them. I guess they called it a tour, but I, you know, Mount Erie shows, and and then of course that time the infamous Pendleton Oregon yacht show. Uh, that oh, yeah. ha- that happened. I, everybody but, who was at that show eventually had a hit single. That's what they. <laughs> it's say. one of those Velvet Underground yeah. type things. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Yeah. Pendleton, that whole Pendleton thing, like that whole, you know, everyone, we don't need to talk about it, but yeah, everyone knows like the whole Pendleton sound, the Pendleton explosion from 07. 
And by the same token, they say that everyone who saw a piece play in Ocala, Florida at Juicebox Jam walked away from music for life. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I'm just teasing, but yeah, they all became C, they all became CPAs. They said, "I'm, I'm done with this." I'm teasing, yeah. I'm, I'm teasing, of course, but yeah, that they, they were, they were not in great. Phil, I remember we were staying at the Wyndham and watching movie. I remember we were watching Wag the Dog and you know, great movies. I know you're a big Dustin Hoffman fan, but I remember in the mornings we would be down there for the Continental, and they, they would park their car or their van in the parking lot. I remember because they had the BC. BC plates and on the back they I, I can't remember what it was I think it was a Donovan sticker or something but they used to come in and say getting our kicks do you remember that getting our kicks and <laughs> hey, they what would, was that was that like a Canadian TV I show reference or something they, they would load up their plates and the, the thing that, that I thought was so funny is they would take their full plates and trays they wouldn't sit with us they would walk right back out the lobby into the van I never saw anything like it in my life it was bold. That's the type of like bold confidence that I'm talking about that like gave me that sort of Bob Marley standing on stage with his shirt off energy. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like walking into the Wyndham to just get eggs. It's it's not anyone can pull that off. Well, not a lot of and, shirts in the studio as offensive and appropriating as the dashikis were, at least they were putting clothes on. And, and sure. th- they were going in the right direction with their wardrobe, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure enough. There's not nearly enough about this band um, out there. So it's just really refreshing to be able to talk to people who were there and who you know share some wisdom. So I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate both of you for all that. What, yeah, my pleasure. What are you guys most stoked about for summertime this year? I'm excited about... Hey, here's a reference for you. The, the Cajun food. <laughs> I couldn't help it. You set me up for that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, think, I think we did it. Unless there's anything else that we've uh, left out. I, I feel like we, I just wanted to underline that politically, I don't stand behind the Griggs boys. And if you see them online and whatever they're selling and their subscription stuff and whatever they're, I haven't kept up, but whatever you discover from them, that is not me anymore. I, I, I want to like make it clear. I'm only reissuing this coffee table book and, uh, triple vinyl thing as a cash grab basically (laughs) so um retribution i'm trying to get yeah i'm trying to sort of recoup from this these sessions and uh, on the back end the legal stuff i'm good i've got my cease and desist stuff with the with all five of them and we're we should be good but i just want to sort of draw a clear line between their um, Ottawa trucker convoy ideologies and my um, I, I I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would I would just second that and also just say uh, artistically I I don't stand by the by the album. I you know I I don't understand the music. I I don't enjoy the music and and frankly I don't understand the music. It it wasn't my thing and. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad to hear your voice, Phil. I was thrilled to be back in touch. If you need any help with 
any engineering stuff i'm happy to help or master your reissues but um yeah it was it was a weird it was a weird session it was uh like i said there were some i i liked staying at the windom with you phil and, and watching movies um it was fun it was great to work with those session guys that but uh overall i i can't say i'm i'm proud of the album yeah same well love you both talk to you later okay bye bye okay well that happened and i'm mark lee morrison this has been the 72nd episode of low profile my guests today were phil elvram returning to the show with his friend matthew fenton the audio engineer on their shared experience facilitating the 2006 album on earth by the band peace for the first time in the history of this program I have a rebuttal submitted by Matthew Fenton, so here goes. Hi, this is Matthew Fenton. I'm confused, and I'm concerned about my friend Phil. We did not fly in a choir from Africa. The Griggs brothers were absolutely not part of January 6th. As far as I know, they live quiet and assume lives in Alberta. There is no reissue of the album coming. I do not know why Phil embellished our time working with Peace in Florida or contrived these stories about the fallout from the record release. In my opinion, the story is both interesting and sensational enough on its own. I don't know if Phil is still reeling from the brutal economic loss or stinging from frankly terrible reviews the Peace album received, but that's no reason to make an already strange story even stranger. I was caught off guard during the interview and remained silent. But I can't remain silent now. I wish Phil all the best, and while this statement may jeopardize our friendship, I have to set the record straight. I hope that ultimately he can let the past go. Thanks for listening to Low Profile. Next time on the show, we have author Mike Stacks on the life and music of Craig Smith, a.k.a. Maitreya. Find all previous episodes of Low Profile at lowprofilepodcast.com and support the show directly via patreon.com slash lowprofile. We're just dipping on a day like never before We're just dipping We're dipping to settle the score We're just dipping From the apple right down to the core We're just dipping Come on, let's dip some more just dipping. Move a groove. Move a groove. Just dipping. We're just, just dipping. dipping. On a day like never before. We're just dipping. Yeah, we're dipping to settle the score. We're just dipping.
From the apple right down to the core We're just dipping Come on, let's dip some more We're just dipping Come on We're just dipping Just the circle of life. Let's try that again. circle of life. Move a groove.